You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 041. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 41. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. It's Amy here. And we are uh, super excited to bring you a love topic today. If you guys are new to the show, typically what we do is we bounce back and forth between life topics and love topics. And I typically, in days of old actually, had my lovely co-part, my soulmate, Mr. Smith, as, as a sidekick. But he, as many of you know, is on a hiatus a little bit until April. And that has given me the awesome opportunity to have a bunch of guesties and guest hosts. So today I am joined by a dear, dear friend and colleague, somebody who I highly regard. Lisa Stedman is here with us on the show. Welcome, Lisa. Hi. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs> so before we get involved and kind of shoot the shit and talk about, you know, whatever we want, uh, I want to just introduce you to everybody out there. Awesome. So Lisa has been called many things, but her favorite is her favorite title is work in progress, which I love. Very humble. She <laughs> is irreverent, refreshingly real, and oh so engaging. Lisa's dream plus do approach to living a life on fire and on purpose allows her to authentically vibe with her tribe. And she does that through social media, on the stage, on the screen. And on the page. So in 04, Lisa began building her own buzzworthy brand as the breakup expert, becoming an instant bestseller with her book, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown, met and married the love of her life, and really has just kind of paved the way for for many of us in the industry, I think. And you can start stalking her and find out way more about her at lisastedman.com. So <laughs> stalk me, please stalk me. I love it. I love stage five clingers. No, I don't. I, de- <laughs> I definitely don't love that. But um, I'm I'm just thrilled to have you here. There's there's a few people in my life that I feel so grateful to see them embody how to do this business right. Mm, yeah, because you love that. God, there's so many people who I'm like, wow. So I will not be like that. Exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of people doing it wrong or the way I wouldn't do it. It's. I had this conversation with a girlfriend over dinner last night. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's a shame, but um, but then it also gives you the contrast when you see people who really are great examples of integrity and uh, paying it forward. You've always been so gracious and. And I just dig you. And plus, you cuss like a sailor like I do. So, of course, you're welcome here. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, when I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have Lisa on the pod. We've got to talk about what should we talk about? And I immediately thought, let's let's do a title that's really uh, similar to your book that did so well and was able to help so many people. Um, so I, I thought that would be kind of a fun fun thing to share. Uh, but you just recently, before we jump into all of that, you know, we love to kind of shoot the shit and war- warm up the mics. So yeah, to speak. <laughs> by the way, I got to say as someone, I'm such a word nerd. And one of my favorite things about you is you use language so juicily. Uh, I love the pod. I, I mean, like all of it. I, every time <laughs> I see you online or I hear you, I'm like, that girl has such a great language. Like you, you play with words so well. So I just got to give you a shout out there, man. Thank you. I have I have a copious vocabulary. I <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I've heard actually that that's a taurine trait, you know, because I'm a Taurus. Oh, really? I've heard that that there's a lot of people who, if you're a Taurus, you tend to, uh, I guess, because the body part that 
Taurus is ruled by is the neck and the throat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they tend to have really good singing voices or be really eloquent or articulate, able to speak well. So I I sure as hell did not get the singing voice. So so that might be why. um, Maybe that's why I can speak well. But yeah, I think Janet Jackson, her, her, she's a Taurus. Um, So yeah, I've always heard that. So I'm like, okay, I'll, it sounds good to me. What's your sign, Lisa? I'm a Libra. What what body part am I using? <laughs> oh, Libra. I don't know. Um, now I'm curious. <laughs> I'll, I, all I know is Scorpio is genitals, which is what Mr. Smith oh. is. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I just say that makes so much sense? My ex that I wrote, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown, about was a Scorpio, and I loved his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Well, oh, I, you know what? I was thinking about this, actually. And did it, it was there any weirdness with writing that book where you had to get permission from him in any way? Or, or are we just free speech? We're allowed to just write whatever the hell we want. Well, the beauty of all the writing I did in the breakup space, because I, I mean, I wrote about all my breakups on my on my first website, breakupchronicles.com, and I never used names. They were always Mr. X. And even when I met my husband, he was Mr. XY. Mm. So I never used anybody's name. So there was nothing I was saying that was scandalous as in, you know, this person, here is his name. Um Right. So, no, I didn't have to get any permission. And it's funny because people have asked me over the years, what does he think of the book? I'm like, I don't even know if he knows there's a book. He probably does because we have mutual friends and he probably at one point in time Googled <laughs> me in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, no permission needed. And um, and, mm. and what, you know what's funny? I love this. I, I love this. So um, <laughs> about... Four months ago, we decided, we being the hubs, who's my tech guy, um, and I decided to transition my Facebook personal page to a fan page because I'd reached my 5,000 max and, and I didn't want to delete anybody. Um, and I wanted to turn my personal page back into a personal page. So we transitioned to a fan page, which meant I was starting from scratch as a personal page. And mm. um, so in that process... I kept getting recommended people to friend. Oh, so Jesus. it was like people you know from Mattel. And so, of course, my ex's picture shows up. And what was so interesting about the timing of this was at the time that it recommended me because I had just turned my personal page to a fan page and was starting over, he had just gotten married. So I saw wedding photos and I was like <gasps> so over the moon happy for him. And honestly, here's why. Because he waited like a good seven, eight years after we broke up. <laughs> Wow. I'm like, oh, he, he followed the right rules. I didn't get a wedding invitation like three months down the road. Um, you know, like, and I was so happy for him because he looked happy in the picture. She looked like a nice girl. Um, and I was like, he deserves somebody amazing. I just wasn't the right one for him, just like he wasn't the right one for me. And I was so happy to know because I stopped Googling him a few years ago. So I was never going to know otherwise. Um, yeah. I just love that that, that <laughs> timing kind of worked out so I could see his happily ever after. And and I even said to my husband, I'm like, my ex-wife, I got married. I'm so happy. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a full circle situation. Yeah. It was really wild. Um, really wild. And, you know, my husband being the hubs, he's like, that's great, baby. <laughs> he just, yeah, exactly. My husband. He's like, same. you go be your crazy self. I love you. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. That Mr. Smith is the same way. It's so funny. Like if I'm if I'm talking about uh getting attention from other men or something like that, he'll go, Have I not been showing you enough attention? Like he doesn't he doesn't take it as a threat at all. He'll just yeah. go, Oh, she's hungry for attention, you know? <laughs> so it's just like he's like, Oh, my high maintenance wife, she's crazy. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I actually that reminds me and and we're just dishing the dirt so I can tell this story. Um Last weekend, we came back, the hubs and I came back from from our favorite Mexican restaurant we go to once a week, and we walked in the house, and then I forgot something in my car, so I went back out to my car on the street, and this guy came up to me, and it's dark, and it's a little weird that a guy's approaching me on my street. I was a little taken off guard, Yeah. but he said to me, you know, I see you around all the time, and I've never had the chance to come up and talk to you, but I think you are absolutely beautiful. Aww. And I was like, and, and I was like, 
and I was waiting for like him to pull out the gun because he, <laughs> he looked like 20. I was like, are you fucking high? And so I, I shook his hand. I said, what's your name? And he told me, I said, how old are you? And he was like in his mid thirties. And I said, you just made an old married ladies night. Thank you so much. <laughs> And then I went in the house and told my husband, and my husband proceeded to get frisky with me. And I'm like, oh, all right, he's taking his territory back. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just piss on my leg while you're at it? I know. It was so funny. But hey, I was like, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I have to tell you, uh, prior to us jumping on on this call, I was telling Lisa about my latest production that I'm about to start rehearsals for. So my last show that I did, which I've shared quite a bit on air, that the the role called for me to be in a bra and a G-string. Oh, wow. Uh, like just parading my happy ass all around the stage, right? And so, mind you, I was diligent about my workout and about that spray tan, let me tell you. <laughs> like I, there's no way my Irish ass is going to get up under those lights and people would be fucking blinded. So, <laughs> so anyway, I – coincidentally reconnected with with one of my exes from 20 years ago because everybody knows I've been with Mr. Smith for forever like 16 years yeah so <laughs> I reconnected with him and of course all my photos are of me you know running around on stage and rehearsals and all this stuff and so I tell him I'm like why don't you come to the show and see what you missed out on dude <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I felt really, really powerful. So, uh, because he broke my heart. I mean, he really, really broke my heart. So it was, um, it's very interesting how you can revert back even 20 years later after tons of self-help and just kind of be uh, still a little catty, a little sarcastic, a little proud of how... (laughs) turned out compared to that situation I say there is so like you know what we're women we have egos we are emotional creatures um yeah my high school boyfriend follows me on Instagram and comments on everything I post and it's just so freaking hilarious to me um because every time he does I get the same feeling that I got like whatever it was 20 years ago yeah um and I'm like that is so ridiculous I still get the oh he commented (laughs) I know. Uh, oh, we're oh. funny. <laughs> I accept it about myself. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I love it. So, I mean, that's actually a perfect segue that we were able to talk about some interesting breakups of our own. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so let's talk about our, our topic today. So, it, and it's interesting, as I was looking at this, uh, the title, which is, you know, Breakups, Breakdowns, and Breakthroughs, I was thinking how it really is that's kind of a chronological uh path that you take you start with the breakup then you usually have a massive breakdown and then you get through to this breakthrough but what i see is a lot of people who don't quite get to the breakthrough place yeah absolutely i do too so let's talk about that what are some of the common ways that that maybe you've been privy to especially writing writing the book and and uh the audience that you've seen around that, what are some really common ways that people make their breakup a shit ton harder or they just don't, kind of don't ever get through that to that breakthrough place? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing to point out is like you said, that is the chronology and you can't get to the breakthrough without the breakdown. So if you're somebody who who is the opposite of what we're talking about and kind of in denial about feelings and emotions and not wanting to feel the pain, you're actually missing the point because the breakup leads to the breakdown, which gets you to the breakthrough. And that's where you want to be. You don't want to be the same person you were before the breakup because you learn so much in that process. So I'm a big fan of the breakdown and I say enjoy it. But what I consistently find where people trip themselves up, and these are some of the things that I wrote about in my first book, It's a Breakup, Not a Breakdown, staying connected to your ex. And it's getting um, much, much harder with social media and texting and sexting and, and yeah. you know, uh, especially when people can check in at their location and you're like, oh, they're so-and-so. Maybe I'll go and look really hot or maybe I'll drive by and see yes. You know, like there's so many ways we can stay connected without actually even leaving the house, keeping tabs on your ex uh, virtually. Right. And I find that that is one of the biggest points of resistance for women to give up. 
well, if I give that up, then I won't know what's happening. Then it'll really be over. Then, you know, I might get blindsided. Yeah, okay, you might get blindsided when he starts dating somebody new, but staying on his Facebook page every day for six months is going to keep you stuck. Right. So the social media piece really big. The other piece is if you, if you believe that your ex is what made you fabulous, you know, like, oh, my mm. ex validated me or he was the one who made me special or he's the only one who ever is going to think I'm a catch or whatever the story, because they're all stories we tell ourselves. If you stay stuck in that story, your reality is going to match your beliefs, right? So you're going to stay stuck. Your ex will be on that pedestal forever because nobody else could ever measure up to the perfect person that he never even was that you've made him into on this pedestal. So I think it's really important to get clear about what the story is you're telling yourself about why you can't move on, uh, why, and, and it's not even can't so much as won't. A oh lot of God. times yeah. it's a choice. I won't move on. Right. That, oh my gosh. I, I say that all the time. And in fact, here's, here's when you can say can't. You can use the word can't. This is just my rule. Uh, if it is actually not humanly possible. Ooh, I love that. If if it's actually possible, then it's a won't. D- like done. I mean, period. Oh, so, that's a great distinction. So you can say, I can't, you know, flap my arms and take off and fly. Like that's <laughs> that's true. That that is absolutely true. In fact, I, I think I used that on another another episode. I was talking about it. And but but that's true. You can't. But when when you say something like Oh, I just can't, I can't just not talk to him or I can't just not text or I can't just not look at his Facebook page. No, no, you actually can. You choose. You won't. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. And, and what I love about that is, is, you know, so often when we're in that breakdown phase, we become these victims and it's really about taking that power back. I'm not like, I'm a big believer in be the big fucking fat mess on the couch, crying your eyes out and eating whatever your version of comfort food is. And, you know, call your friends and be a big old pain in the ass and, you know, uh, do everything possible to wallow for as long as you want, but put an expiration date on it and don't re-engage with your ex. Feeling bad and sad about the breakup is not a sign you're supposed to go, hey, I miss you. That's like the antidote. You cannot do that and move on. Right, right. And here's the other thing about that. And this is so, like, I, I've seen this consistently. So, Men and women, this is the difference in our breakup brains. Men are sad and they're able to move on. So if you stay connected to your ex, let's say you keep sleeping with your ex, you have booty calls with your ex, you're sexting with your ex. He's looking at those sexy pictures of you. He's walking out the door after having had sex with you. You may be flattened on the floor from like the fallout of that. He's strutting his stuff because he just got an ego boost. It makes him feel good. He's not thinking you're getting back together. He's feeling really good about himself. So he's even more attractive to women than he ever was because he's he's feeling so awesome about himself. And you're flattened on the floor thinking you're getting back together or that you're never going to survive. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But that's the from the female's perspective, we think as long as I have a peace. Yes. Then there's hope. Yes. And that's a fallacy. Well, that's that's a lie we tell ourselves to hang on. Yes. And and let me be really, really transparent. I so wanted to hold on to my ex that when I couldn't have him, I chose to have the story of him. And I prolonged him in my life by writing books about him. Hmm. And I take full ownership of that. Now, by the time I actually wrote the books, I was married and I was over him. But the pursuit of the books... The pursuit of telling the story was in the throes of me saying, if I can't have you, I'm hanging on to the story. Right. I'm going to, and my identity. Yeah. Yeah. Attaching your identity to, uh, to that set of circumstances. And we do that in tons of ways, but yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And it's something that, that I see, and I think it's, it's worth mentioning is whenever we're in pain, right? Like we know that what we're always in pursuit of is, is 
the feeling, you know, feeling happy. We're always in the pursuit of joy or the avoidance of pain. Those are like our driving forces, right? So when when you're in a shithole, it is normal to want it to stop, right? Like that's why we, you know, when we feel awful, we're in the throes of a breakup. That's why we want to do whatever it will take to stop the pain immediately. So we will call them because we think I'll get some relief if I get some reciprocity and they actually text me back and say, I miss you too. Right, right. We think, let me do whatever I can do to ease this pain. And most of the time, it's a detriment to your moving on. It's the same way um, you just start a new diet. Right. And in the grand scheme of your life, what you want is overall health. Maybe you want weight loss. You want to fit into a certain. There's a grand scheme desire. But in the moment, what you want is you want the hunger to fucking stop. (laughs) Amen. In the moment, you want pleasure. You want the pleasure of the chocolate cake or you or the, you know, nachos or whatever, because that will immediately change your emotional feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're always hunting that. This, so, so be aware that just because you are desiring connection with that person or you want to call them or you want to hear from them doesn't mean that that's the best choice for you. It means you're totally normal. But I'm, I'm with you. I always say, like, immerse yourself in the grief. Immerse yourself in the morning. Let yourself take the low road and actually get too drunk or eat too much ice cream. But but recognize when it's you've created a new way of being versus a morning process. Oh, I love that distinction. Y- yeah. You know what I mean? Because then people yes. lock themselves into victimhood for way too long. Yes, yes. And, and you know... I like that. I really like that distinction of morning versus like, you know, the new way. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be an ebb and a flow because you can mourn and move on. Yeah. Yes. It's not an either or. I'm really fascinated with this, like living in a state of and. Um, It's not either I'm sad or I'm happy. It's like I am. I'm a woman. I'm in an ebb and flow constantly. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, um, and I'm sure you found this too, chronicling your journey through this whole thing and then writing books and all of that, is you then get triggered. Like it's stuff that you move past and you, you know, you, you're done with, you think, and then a new, it comes in like a new outfit and you're like, oh shit, I just got triggered by that or I, um, I, I attach myself worth to something else, you know, um, so it, Again, if you give yourself the freedom to always be a work in progress, like you so eloquently put in your your bio, then you don't ever have to have, quote, closure, finality. It doesn't have to be done. You can just work with whatever's coming up for you. I love that. Well, so, you know, in anything, whether it's diet or breakup or breakdown or breakthrough, what we're really facing is ourselves on a daily basis. And the more you can learn to work with yourself and understand your own patterns and behaviors. Like I was I was talking with a girlfriend at dinner last night about this. I said, she's like, how did you get so clear about the new direction you want to take yourself? And I said, it really comes from facing myself in the mirror every day and seeing where Every time I get close to what I want or what I say I want, there's a sabotaging method. And for me, the sabotaging method is I either get physically sick, like I get a cold or something breaks down with my body, or um, I have a financial catastrophe. And what I mean by financial catastrophe is an unexpected bill that is larger than I anticipate or think I can handle. It's all beliefs, right? So. Mm-hmm. Those are the two areas of my life where if I'm getting close to like hitting the bullseye, that's what shows up for me. And now that I know that's the pattern, I don't shut down in those moments. I go, oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, my, you know, like mm-hmm. I was in Paris with my husband and we, I went running and my knee went numb. My knee had never gone numb in my life. And in the past, I would have been like, my Paris trip is ruined. My knee is, you know, like get over it. Right. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I tell you what, Lisa. You're going to deal with this when you get back. If it starts to hurt, that will be a different story. But I think you're okay. And so I didn't let it ruin my trip. Or or the old me would have been like, this is a sign we shouldn't have come. Right. Like, you know, I would have gone to all these wack- wackadoodle places. Um, 
And the same with the money thing, you know, um, what happened? I, I got some, oh, I had to, I had to pay taxes for the first time in a long time uh, because I was so profitable in my business and I didn't write it all off. And in the past I would have been like, oh, I'm being punished for my success. And instead I was like, <laughs> awesome, I get to pay taxes. Yes. Yes. And, and what? Nothing, nothing. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Like, Really, that was going to like ruin you? I mean, it, it, and, and this, is, this is what's so important about knowing how you operate as a human being to catch yourself when you're triggered so you don't go down the rabbit hole of all the different ways you suck and are wrong and are a failure. You go, ah, oh, funny, isn't that interesting? Trigger, huh? What do I want to do with that? Right, right. And so many people arrest themselves at the breakdown. So, so then what happens, and, and so I feel, this is just my own personal belief, but I feel like until we learn the lessons that we are meant to learn, we will go through the same shitty situation over and over and over again. Oh, so, we're going to repeat it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so if you go through a breakup, you have the breakdown, and you don't ask yourself what the learning is, like what am I meant to learn here? rectify it, improve yourself, and then have this amazing breakthrough move on, then the trajectory then is that you can start creating a brand new way to be inside of a relationship. But if you don't, chances are you will either go back and repeat the same patterns with the wrong one that you already know that, or you'll get involved with somebody else in the future and do the same things because you didn't learn the lesson. You yeah, you know, that's really one of the reasons I wrote that book. It's a breakup, not a breakdown. I mean, I've written several other books since then, but the first book was really to, sh to tell women, um, you know, we are consistently part of this bad relationship equation that we find ourselves in. Right. Um, and I was certainly a participant mm -hmm. in my own relationships. I would meet a guy. I would look, I would do the once over and be like, oh, you're so wrong for me. Awesome. Let's get in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and then I would bang my head against the wall. Why can't he be who I need him to be? Well, he'd been very clear from day one. He wasn't that guy. And I was still like, I can make him that guy. Yes. So when I <laughs> left that, I call it my big breakup because I chose after that relationship to never repeat that pattern again. I said, I'm, I'm participating in the failure of my relationships because I'm choosing wrong and then I'm getting frustrated. So I'm banging my head against that wall. I don't want to be insane. Let me do something different. Let me wise up. Let me be the keeper of my heart. Just because he's cute and a good kisser doesn't mean I have to give him my heart. Right. Um, and I even remember I signed an accountability contract with myself. And there's an accountability contract actually in my first two books. Um, oh, and that. as the keeper of my heart, I'm like, I'm not giving it away again. And I even remember I was dating this guy. This was after my big breakup. And I'd started dating again. And I was dating this I was dating a magician, and I don't know if you know anything <laughs> about magicians, but they are fucking kinky, and it's awesome. Uh, so I was having this rock star sex life with this hilarious, fun, kinky magician who from day one was like, I am not relationship material. I'm not that place in my life. And I had said, I'm not either. And I remember one day... Um, you know, we're living in LA and we decided to go up to the mountains and play in the snow. And then we came back and I was cruising on the couch while he was cooking dinner or something like that. And I remember being really happy. And I remembered that moment in my brain where I went from, I'm really happy to, I love him. And then I stopped myself. Oh my God. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Do you love him or are you just having a good time? And I was like, no, 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 I'm just having a good time. And that was the beginning of the end of our relationship because I started to see that my emotions were starting to get wrapped up and I wasn't going to be, um, it wasn't going to be met. And I didn't want to be in a relationship with him. I knew he wasn't the right guy for me. So. Right. Right. Maybe a couple of weeks later, we had the talk and he was like, I'm still where I was before. And I'm like, me too, but I'm having these feelings. And so I think this relationship has run its course. It was the most healthy breakup I've ever had. And he was like, okay, that's cool. I have loved our time together. I'm like, me too. And it was so healthy because I was so clear in my own mind. Why was I going to give my heart to somebody who'd already told me it wasn't available? Right. Yes. Because as women, we go, ooh, project. Yeah, right. But not doing that anymore. I signed my accountability contract. Can't go there. And which is great because that's a such a great example of I will not 
go down that same path again. But it has so much to do with recognizing how you operate and what your tendencies are. Yeah, it's being conscious requires being conscious all day long. And I, you know, you were talking about food earlier. I'm the girl who likes to numb out with food. I am so the girl who's like, if I don't count these calories, I don't have to be accountable. So let me numb out and eat this whole tray of brownies. And and it's actually not brownies for me. I don't even know what it is. But like, I'm the girl who overindulges and like, doesn't want to take responsibility. And I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm like, hey, same results, going to be the same results if you do that. Number one, you're not going to get to where you want to go with your body. But number two, you're not going to feel good. That is such a numbing, numbing tactic for me. So knowing how you operate and, and stopping the insanity, really. Right. And, you know, there's something that you said in that, you know, as you shared that story that I think warrants underlining, and that is, I really feel, and you can tell me what your experience has been like, but I have met very, very few people who really can have uh, like fuck buddy situations that really truly are in service of them and totally healthy. There's, I I have known a couple of people who who can do that, but there's so many that are very similar to what you said, where the feelings start to come in for one party or the other. So your situation, I think, is so great as an example because you took the ownership to stop it instead of going, let me try to make this into what I want or make him into what I want. So many people don't do that. You know, they just keep going down this painful road. Um yeah, they're already on it. So it's like, I might as well keep going. It's like, no, 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 no. That's like when you've gained five pounds, why are you going to go up to 10? Like, stop it right now. <laughs> exactly. But I, I'm with you. I, um, I, was, I, was talk, I was on a video panel with a bunch of other women, and we were actually talking about fuck buddies. And I am not a fan. I don't believe in it. I think we as women are too emotional. I don't think we can handle it, even though we say we can. And there was one woman on the panel who was divorced and she said, oh, after my divorce, I totally had a fuck buddy with a friend of mine and it never, it was the best decision ever and we had a really healthy relationship. And I was stunned by that. And And I still wonder to this day, I'm like, would he have said the same thing or did he start to get feelings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there's been... Um I, I, I'm always hesitant to say no, never. Like nobody ever can make sure. it work. You know what I mean? But sure. as a as a blanket statement of good idea versus bad <laughs> idea, I would tend towards the bad idea. And I will say that the people who have been comfortable with that have had issues around uh, emotionally shutting off and around intimacy issues. So like – having the barrier of zero intimacy was actually easy for them because they were had habituated that way of being. So, uh, and so in the grand scheme of it, was it helping propel intimacy in their life? Not, probably not, but it really comes down to each person taking genuine ownership of what is, is in service of them and what is not. Because I do think like, you know, I think you and I feel the same way about, you know, there's times to bury yourself in the in the Haagen-Dazs and be super bummed out. And and sometimes those are the times to go have sexual indiscretion, you know. But it's when we create that way of being, of self-soothing, where we're always cre- using things that aren't healthy for us. Like uh, – When it becomes a crutch, really. Like, yes, agreed. When it becomes the crutch, like um... – and, and and that's a slippery slope, and and this is why I'm I'm such a big fan of knowing yourself well enough and being willing to be that honest with yourself that you know when when the binge turns into a crutch, <laughs> you know, the binge becomes like the behavior. Yes. Um. And and it's it's a it, it really is a slippery slope. I I was reading because I've been kind of um, tragically fascinated with Philip Seymour Hoffman's death. Yes. Um, and. And, and, and I, in and many, I would say I relate because I think I have food addict tendencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I am somebody who I, if, if, if I fall into the food addict category, I have to feed my, myself my addiction every day. 
However, the repercussions of my addiction are not at the level of heroin or alcohol. So it's, it's kind of a, there's two sides to it. But I was reading that, you know, one drink will set an addict like completely into a spiral that yes. goes, you know, that they can't get out of. And I, and I was like, what must that be like in their brain? I know what it's like for my brain. And mm-hmm. unless I became a full-blown food addict and, and gained like five, like weighed 500 pounds and didn't exercise and didn't eat healthy, like I'm a food addict who eats really healthy and just like loves her chocolate. And, and yep. so I do pretty well with it now. But what would it be like if I was that out of control? What would that, what would be going on in my brain? Um, Mm-hmm. And I'm just so kind of fascinated by this. And it, it really comes, like, I, I'm I'm just really fascinated by this whole, the lies we tell ourselves. Like, we can say, I'm fine as we pick up the phone to text our ex. Yes. Um, I'm okay as we sit and refresh, refresh, refresh on his Facebook page. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're lies. And we know they're lies. And we're telling them to ourselves. And I really invite anyone listening to this to to start paying attention to the lies you might be telling yourself because they're pretty insidious and they sneak up on you and you may not even know you're doing it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, and that's one of the things that, that I talk about constantly in my work is around our self-talk, everything in your mind is presented as truth. So if you've told yourself, oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just going to text him a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be then it's true to you that it's no big deal. So that's where your point of getting really, really clear about calling yourself on your own shit, getting really uh, having a clear understanding of how you operate, what your triggers are, what you can or cannot entertain for real. That's really truly where you will start finding your answers because. You're right. We we love to operate in this place of of denial. You know, and yeah. it's, it's 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 potent after a breakup. It's comfortable. It's potent, it's comfortable. You know, it, I see it all I see it with women going through breakups. I see it and I feel for them because I've been in that space. Um And it takes a lot of strength and courage and self-commitment not to go down that rabbit hole. And I really think back to a a guy that I was talking to. He actually hired me to coach him through his breakup. This was many years ago. And uh, he did something that I ended up incorporating into another book with his permission. And that was every day he had zero contact with his ex, he put a gold star on the calendar. Cool. And I was, and he, and I got to tell you, he was one of my toughest clients because he was really addicted to this dysfunctional woman, and he was a really nice, good catch of a guy. Mm. Um, but he would do this, and it really, it, he found a way to motivate himself. He got motivated by that. Mm. Um, it's why there are mirrors at the gym. It's why accountability is such a big piece of, you know, when you're in business, having a coach or. Uh, when you want to lose weight, you know, going to Weight Watchers, having that accountability built in to know what your incentives are is like know what your incentives are. If you want to like if revenge is like your strong suit after a breakup, fucking go to the gym every day, get super hot and let that be what motivates you. But understand that at the end of the day, it's really for you and not for him. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, that's actually such a great segue to one of the things that I wanted to offer everybody as far as what you can do. Like, what are some suggestions, some tips? What do I do if I'm actually going through a breakup and I want to create something different? I want to get through to the breakthrough portion of this experience in my life. And one of the things I think people tend to, to do is they think, if I'm still thinking about them, or if I'm processing in any way, uh, then they're winning. Then that person, I, I they don't deserve my tears. They don't deserve me, you know, thinking about them. And in reality, it's you not giving yourself the opportunity to mourn, to actually grieve. So the same way if you chose to go uh, motivate yourself by going to the gym, it actually should have nothing to do with that other person. 
It has to do with your self-care, what I need to do to take care of my grief, to take care of this portion of my life, not let me go work out so that they will think I'm hot and want to get back together with me. The same way taking that time to mourn, taking that time to grieve is has nothing to do with them. They're not winning. It's not, oh, look at what you're doing to me. It's, it's self-care if you choose to view it that way. I love that perspective. And it's a choice. It's absolutely a choice. You can be the hot mess who chooses to stay stuck or you can be the hot mess who chooses to take baby steps from rock bottom back into your life. Right. Right. You know, we've um, – and we've kind of – as we've kind of gone through today's episode, it's been – we've danced around a lot of don't do this, do this. But um, anything that you wanted to underline or, or – uh, elaborate on as far as like do this here's a good idea here's a suggestion yes yeah, so a couple things one is get yourself a support system um, because if you were closest with your ex that person's now gone and they can't help you through the breakup that's not the that's not wise yeah. so get yourself what I call a boohoo crew and <laughs> one to three amazing people in your life who will call you on your shit and nurture you. So when you want to sext him at 3 a.m., instead you pick up the phone and call them and go talk me down from this ledge. Yep. So so definitely get a boohoo crew. Um, and they turn into your woohoo crew as you move on. Don't worry. Um, but the other thing is, and and people sometimes say that's a frivolous thing, and I and I and I disagree. Um, make over your bedroom. Ooh. Like when we go to bed at night after a breakup, I and I have been there, so I know this and I hear this all the time. We lie in bed and we think he's no longer here. Now that's not where it stops. That's where it starts. We then go, well, who is he with? And where is he? And where is he sleeping? And who is he sleeping with? And, and will I ever find love? I'm going to be alone forever. And we go down this like crazy spiral of like, I am a failure at love and I suck and I'm going to be a spinster or an old maid, whatever the words are. My mother's right. I, you know, <laughs> yep. Whatever it is. And that is so detrimental because not only do you go to bed thinking that, you wake up thinking that. So oh, as good. trivial as it might sound, move your bed to a different wall, uh, get new sheets, um, get new pajamas, like climb into bed and be like, he hasn't, like, even if you think of him, make it. He hasn't seen me in this and he's missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but change the dynamic in your bedroom because that's the that's the room that is going to remind you most of your relationship. And when it feels different in that space, you will be different. And it's not to say you won't think of him, but it won't you won't feel so haunted. Right. Right. Well, and there's uh, just scientifically, we know that there's energy around everything. Everything. So if you can if you can arrest that or jumble it or at least confuse it a little bit, it gives you the opportunity for your emotions to follow suit. It's like switching up your emotions a little bit. And it's like, why the hell wouldn't you? Shift up that energy in the room. Yeah. I love I it. Bring in some fresh flowers, like candles, like change the smell. Smells a really big one. Change the smell. If you have his cologne, throw that shit out. Yes. That's like, that is like being a recovered alcoholic and be like, I'm just going to go hang out in the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that and wearing his t-shirt to sleep. He's not here, but I'm going to snuggle with him anyway. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that was actually one of the points that I wanted to make is take ownership of your behavior. That's a perfect example of a won't versus a can't. Like, oh, that's good. It's a it, you need to take ownership of your behavior. So if you are like, oh, but Amy, I can't get rid of it. No, you won't get rid of that damn shirt. Do something. Do behaviors that are helpful for you. If you are the cyber stalker, oh my god, unfriend, block. Like that's stuff you are doing to propel your pain. So take ownership of it. 
Yeah, and if you have trouble with that one, have your friend come over and unfriend and remove from your phone and, and you know, all the – because here's the thing. It's not just the physical space. It's the virtual space that they take up. So, right. you know, pictures on your phone, delete them. Mm-hmm. Old text messages, delete that. Like, get rid of the evidence that he existed because that's what – that's, you know, we go back to the memory and we're getting the feeling and then we're just a big hot mess. Right, right. And it's, these are one of those things when, and I've said this to clients before where I'm like, okay, pull out your phone right now. I want you to delete him right now. And, and they're like, (laughs) and like, they don't want to do it. And I'm like, listen, it's fucking one or the other. We either want to get over this or we want to be attached to this forever. You pick. So do not tell me that you want to get over this and then do the exact fucking opposite. It's like, it's like saying, oh my gosh, I, I just really, really want to lose weight. I want to get healthy, but I am just not willing to eat better. I am. And, and I won't work out either. So and I won't. I and I'm, that sit out. <laughs> so you will pick your path based off of what you will or won't do. Done. I mean, that's it. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, that simple. So you, it doesn't, and the thing to know and the place to give yourself some compassion is the behavior is always the hardest. It's always the hardest. So know that you're normal if that's hard to do. But that is where you're going to gain more confidence and more uh, self-worth and get more in touch with you as being valuable versus that person in my life made me valuable. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. What else? Anything else? The only other thing is, remember how, like, it's hard to remember this when you're in the throes of the breakup and especially the breakdown, but to get to the breakthrough, you need to remind yourself when you forget and ask your boohoo crew to help you remember this, (laughs) that you are more resilient than you are giving yourself credit for. Mm. You have survived way worse. You will survive way worse again, probably. Maybe not in love. Maybe it'll be in some other form of loss. And you will get through it. So part of the human experience is pain and loss and moving on. And that's not the bad news. That's the good news. That means you're actually letting people in and having experiences. I I wouldn't miss out on that for anything. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I I really feel strongly that that the shit that goes down, you know, the turmoil and the tumult and the frustration that we go through in our life is given to us as a gift to give us contrast, to know I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be in this place. And then when you get to experience the opposite, you have so much more gratitude for how far you've come. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, When... One final thing that I did want to offer too, and, and this is this is really indicative of any turmoil that we go through, any type of loss, is we or anything shitty, period, we'd say, why me? Why? And we get lost in this why question. Why did they take why did God take so and so? They were such a good person. Why now? Why me? Why this? Why why? And the the problem with that is we never get that answer. It's never like, well, here's why. But if you ask yourself, if you really get committed to learning the lesson and you actually ask yourself, what, what am I meant to learn? What will be different next time? What do I really need to see in my own character? Then you are forcing your own psyche. It's all subconscious because we're creating our own truth. But you're forcing your own psyche to provide meaning. And so that gives you way more productivity and go, oh, you know what? It was meant to teach me how to stand up for myself or how to not take on projects or to, um, it was the first experience where I really began valuing my own sexuality or whatever it is. You will supply your own answer if you want to find it. But we get stuck in that spiral of why. So just start replacing that. Like, what am I meant to learn? I really did that when, when I lost my father. I knew that if I kept going, why, why him, why did, why, why me, why did this happen, that you just don't get anywhere. Right. But I started going, what's the lesson? What am I meant to see through this experience? And granted, that comes after 
the massive breakdown. That comes after the low road, after the binge eating, after the indiscretions. Like do whatever you need to do in the moment to feel to feel what you feel and to grieve. But when you begin moving past, that's when you seek learning. And that's when you can start creating something different for the future. I love that. That's so true. So true. So anything, any final thoughts, anything you want to leave everybody with? And it, um, if not, then, you know, let everybody know where to find you and – um, so they can start falling in love with you as much as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So I feel like the biggest takeaway for me is always when we're talking about breakups is to remember how resilient you are. So we've already kind of talked about that. That's great. Um, so don't forget that because that will that will be your guiding force as you're in the pain is like, I will survive this. I will survive this as much as you sometimes don't want to survive it. You will. And your life will get better because of this breakup, because of the breakdown, because of what you learn about yourself. So do the work, feel the pain, and be willing to move on when you're ready and not get stuck. That's really important. Um, and then, you know, I'm so easy to find online, everything, Twitter, Facebook, my website, it's all Lisa Stedman. So I am one of the easiest people to find online. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I cannot, I cannot thank you enough for being here. I always have such a great time at any time I chat with you about anything. (laughs) I know, I know. We have so much fun when we talk. I love it. Oh, so good. So Everybody, please go hang out with Lisa at lisastedman.com. Uh, if you haven't swung by thejoyjunkie.com and picked up your digital life and love kit, please do th- be- please do so. And while you're there, you can check out the podcast page and let us hear from you and let us know if there's any topics you want to discuss. And I will always beg and plead for any iTunes reviews that I can get from you, uh, positive ones I prefer. <laughs> because um, that always helps us get more visibility in in the marketplace and it's it's much appreciated so thank you all so much for listening and here is to loving and living your most badass life lisa and amy signing out